0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.
1: Is your instant match reaction for Newcastle United 2, Everton 1, it was in the end, the second defeat in a row for Everton in the Premier League, Uh, just a weird football match full of weird decisions from from everyone involved in a blue shirt really, Uh, Dave Downey will be joining us shortly uh, on now with us Mark Mosey and Rob Vera, Um, we'll be giving you, if you Watching this on YouTube live as well, we were giving you updates from the, the FA Cup final, which Everton, women in Manchester City, women are currently playing. It's one all. Everton just missed a great chance to go 2-1. up, but, So, we'll keep you informed on that game as well, so don't worry. But uh, on to the lads, first and foremost. Uh, Moes, I'll, I'll come to you. Just, like I said, just pe- peculiar. Just a really peculiar football match. And Sat there on 90 minutes thinking, this has been dreadful. And by the end of it, I'm thinking, God, we can get something back into this. And then,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think it probably... I don't think draw with a draw would have been an unfair result by any means, but I certainly don't think Everton deserved to win that game. They didn't, didn't do enough to win that game at all.
0: No, we didn't deserve anything. Um, what and John, you know it's hard if, if you're missing your three best players, any Premier League team struggles, and I get that. But so many decisions, primarily by the manager today, um, starting eleven, every single substitution. Um, tactically, I, I can't really comment on what everyone we're trying to do tactically going forward because if there was a plan, I am still yet to find it. Uh, but purely from a personnel point of view today, I thought it was baffling um, to to reflect on this game and to go back and, and look at who started and who came on and to, to see an Everton side at this stage of, of our development now that is still pinning some form of hope on people like Fabian Delph, Alex Iwobi, uh, Ching Tokson to a lesser degree. I mean, it, it, it was like we were getting the band back together at, at the end of the game today. It was just everything that we said about this not being a false dawn. And as much as we're not going to write off the start of the season that we've had, it's alarming how, how close the old Everton is to the dream that we've lived for the last six or seven weeks. If you take away... Key players that are instrumental to how this thing functions, then we are very quickly looking very basic again. And I think that that's the epitome of what Everton's performance was today. It was it was basic. It was lifeless. There was no penetration going forward. And as you rightly said during the match, Martin, in conversation with myself, that if Everton go one nil down in this game, we were finished, uh, and, and that was absolutely the
1: case. Rob, your thoughts, mate.
2: Oh, man, where to start? Um, Look, I think we've all said before that we live in a world where Carlo Ancelotti is our manager and that that is overwhelmingly a good thing, an incredibly transformative thing for this club and for our prospects in the future. Um, You know, today was... Today was just so full of interesting decisions, as Mark said, um, from the beginning, whether it's the starting 11, the substitutions. I I almost felt like when I saw that starting 11, and we heard rumors about it last night, that it, it almost was like, um, he was, it was almost like Ancelotti's like, look, uh, I'm missing my three best players. I'm missing, I, I, I don't have a ton of flexibility here. I'm going to rest Pickford. I'm going to not play wing players. I'm going to, you know, just kind of go with this unorthodox thing and just kind of see what happens. Maybe go for what essentially happened in the first half, which is just kind of, you know, keep it at nil nil and hope that we can get the first goal or Nick something, you know, hold on for a draw. I, I I'm trying to be charitable in my estimation of, of what, what the ideal is here, but you know, as Mark said, we were missing all of our, uh, you know, our most important contributors. Um, we had no wing players today, which you can almost say, all right, well, we can play a four, five, one or something like that if you've got your your, your regular fullbacks. But when you're starting a complete non-factor like John Joe Kenny, who still just, I, I can't when I'm asked about John Joe Kenny's career someday, I'm gonna have trouble recalling anything distinct about him. Uh, I, I don't know what he has ever really done. In um, Cuckoo, I love his pr- prospective talent, but he just turned 20 years old. He's 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 got a long way to go. Um, and, and then you're asking Andre Gomez and and uh, you know to play further forward, and and Guilty Sigurdsson once again. Is every time he starts a game, he completely underwhelms and and is just a a complete non-contributor. So there's just so many things already going against them today. And then you get the penalty, and and it and it almost writes itself. We go down one, then we have to sort of start pressing uh, for an equalizer. We get caught on the break when we are now playing. Oh, let me check my notes. Abdullah Decore at right back <laughs> and <laughs> maybe Delph at left back. I mean, you know, it, it, you could see the second goal was was coming, you could see it and it's just it, it kind of worked out the script. I I think that everyone will if you're going to make this about if you're going to make this about Anthony, Anthony Gordon not playing and say that that's the reason this happened, I mean, I think that's an oversimplification. There were a lot of curious decisions, though I think the Gordon one is worth examining. But the bottom line, and we talked about this extensively, is Everton are just not at that stage where once you get past their their preferred starting 11, that they are the type of side that has enough quality in depth to be able to overcome that that is the next stage of the evolution of this thing. I mean, the fact that we have a starting 11 that we think is really competitive is the takeaway from these first, uh, you know, couple months of the season, but it's, it's, I think we're getting a hard lesson right now in just how porous the, the debt is uh, when you're relying on, on these types of players to, to try to rescue us. And, and it's just really not feasible at this point.
1: Yeah, Dave does join us now as well. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, your general thoughts on that today? Uh,
3: Listen to the lads there. I think we have to stop dancing around it and say Carlo Ancelotti got this massively wrong today. Um, as much as we love him, I, I shouldn't have to sit here and say all of this to be honest with you. But I feel as if uh, a lot of people who support our club feel as if that he's untouchable and he can't make mistakes. He certainly can, and he made a few today mainly um, n- the, the positional sense of the side I feel as if I was watching a game where I didn't know where some people were playing uh, they looked as if they didn't know what they were doing as well um, Carlo Ancelotti's not infallible we need to say that um, and, and sort of making excuses for the quality of the players he's got at his disposal only goes so far here um, I have no idea what the identity of the team was today um, that's both to do with the personnel on the pitch and his team selection as well I think he got it badly wrong. I think he's had a bad day at the office, and I think he's he's accountable as just as much as, as some of the performances in there today. Mm. Because what what has he seen from that eleven that's different to what we all saw play out there? There was no surprise in that to me, Matt. You you texted me before the game when our suspicions about the lineup were confirmed, and said I sense a really sort of drab loss here. Uh, that's not for but you, you you intimated those words to me. And that's exactly what we saw what 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 were we expecting? What was he expecting? What's he seeing that we haven't seen um from, from you know essentially playing a team full of well five defensive midfielders, <clears throat> Andre Gomez, who moves like me after a kebab and a pint <laughs> There's players in there that we know are surplus to requirements here, but i don't, I didn't feel as if that lineup needed to be as defensive nonchalant, negative, whatever word you want to use, as it ha- as it was today. Um, because we still have players there that could, uh, could affect the game. Mm. Gordon, Bernard, Wolby. Wolby comes on, sets up a goal. Um, we, I think, get ourselves stuck in this idea that every single one of them is not good enough. So, you know, whoever's on the pitch will blame them. And and then, and then who, who didn't play will say they got away with it. When, in fact, we have got players there that can affect games. Um, you've got players there that need to put pressure on ones that have shown to be much better than them so far this season. That's on the players. But as far as the, the game plan, the way we set up, I have no idea what was going on. Um, and, you know, it's no it's no big deal. This isn't... And, and I totally expect a few people in the comments to start talking about, well, Carlo knows better than you, Dave. Absolutely, he does know better than me. But I, I, I'm an Everton fan talking about the performance that I've seen and I don't think was anywhere near... Doing ourselves justice, even with the personnel we had absent today um, I felt I felt Newcastle were not great um, yet in in crucial moments, we were able to make them look so and, and they looked efficient when they played on the counter attack as we expected. We spoke about that in the, in the in the show yesterday Matt um, it just the overwhelming thing for me is it 's just so predictable. It felt like last season all over again. Um, And it's let's be honest, it's fit and additive that I think many people thought would come to pass, and it has, is that Everton would run out of steam, the early enthusiasm would go, and ultimately we'd revert to type, and that's sadly is what many players have done today. But I have to say, I expected a little bit more from the manager, not that I'm blaming him completely for this, but he has a part to play.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. There's, there's people agreeing with you in the comments there as well, Dave. Sorry, were you're going to make a point there, mate.
0: I was just going to say, it's, it's finding that you, you accept what Carlo Ancelotti is doing in finding. And it, it's quite a positive attitude to have to find the... He's using it as an opportunity to experiment when, when the chips are down and when there's a few players out, And, and that, that is the point where you do try something new. Uh, I, I think we were... We were reckless in terms of our flexibility and in terms of our experimentation today. There's a a point where, yes, you can try someone else in a different formation or you can try something slightly different to the norm. But when you totally throw all known game plans out the window, that's where you get performances today where everyone, as soon as one thing goes wrong, which, which penalty and obviously the goal was, it all looks very, very messy. Uh, and I think you're, you're right in that he's, he's totally got it wrong today. Um, I, I think on paper, you probably look at today's game as an opportunity for people like Gordon on a big pitch to come in and stretch what is a mediocre Premier League team. I mean, we're not, going, we're not talking about going away to Spurs again without our three best players and trying to grind out a result. If you'd write those 11s down purely in terms of personnel today you still say that Everton are in a decent opportunity of, of getting some form of result. Um, and it it did just look as though it, it was all experimentation for its own sake. There didn't seem to be any form of intelligence about the changes that we've made, any form of game plan. I think if you, if you do go totally... Off keys with your formation and your personnel, there has to be a there has to be a defined identity to how you go into play. If you go and totally mix it up and put five at the back and play wing backs, then yeah, get the ball wide early and see what you can get in in terms of delivery. But putting five midfielders into the centre. What was the plan to to go very narrow and very penetrative and and try and play those through balls into Calvert-Lewin? We saw absolutely none of that. Uh, And 90 minutes later, I'm none the wiser in terms of what the what the game plan was.
2: And and the thing I keep coming back to is I, I look at what I would hope to get out of a game like this today, given all the players we had missing and that would have been, hey, I would have taken a draw. And to me, seeing what I've just seen, I, I feel like you start Gordon or Bernard on the left and Awobi on the right just to begin the game and keep your normal formation. And you probably get a, I think you can get a draw out of this game. I think that's the part that's, it's a little frustrating. Uh, is did the, d- d- you know, I, I'm all, I don't really mind necessarily experimentation. Uh, a bit, but but when it's so dramatic, given the circumstances, uh, again, if, if Dean and, and Ken, if Dean and um, uh, Coleman are available, I, I think you have a better case for saying, all right, we're going to make we're going to let them kind of bomb down down the, the sides, and then you you know have this more narrow width to the rest of your midfield. But then I would argue too that of all these central midfielders you deployed, none of them. Appeared to have been good enough to to be able to create some of those key passes into the box. I mean, the idea of Guilty Sigurdsson is that, but the reality of that of of Guilty Sigurdsson is not that. Um, I think he stays on the pitch because he takes set pieces. And not very well. Um, and then I, I think I, I look at someone like Bernard or Woby or, or Gordon and think, you know, if even one of them had been in the, the starting 11 today, that maybe that makes uh, more of a difference. But, you know, Dave's right. Like we, he's, carl been our manager long enough. You know, he's part of the family. We're all, we're all, we're all friends here, right? We, we can just to call, you know, if we're not afraid to say the players, uh, you know, none, no one is afraid to, 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 you know, throw fire at a player. So it's, it's perfectly reasonable to say that this was not his day. This was not, you know, if it had come off and Carl Angelou, he's a genius, if it didn't come off, he had a bad day, and that's pretty much that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: just on to the, the major events in, in the game, then, really. Um, Dave, I'll come to you on this. I mean, the penalty, I think, is really soft, but one of them, when, it, when it's given, it's sort of like it's not going to be overturned, so it was a surprise. But it did sort of – It did feel like a moment indicative of Andre Gomez's performances overall, really. And certainly in the last couple of games where he's just been very leggy, uh, very languid. And and when he's playing well, that's something we all sort of laud and say, you know, he's he's cool as anything. Just strutting around midfield, passing the ball, shrugging people off. But today in particular, there's that moment in the first half when Almiron, who's, you know, can shift, but he's not blisteringly quick, just ran around the outside of him like he wasn't there. And... all of a sudden, he looks like a footballer that you've got to make massive allowances for when he's on the pitch at the moment because he can't seem to run. He can't really seem to get forward either. And he's just a, a fella who occasionally does nice things on the ball in midfield and, and doesn't really win his battles anymore. And that, that moment, while, like I said, while I think it was soft, it was just very. I thought it summed up his performances as a
3: whole recently really well. He's a liability and he shouldn't be in the team. Um, simple as that, really. I I feel as if we, he's a passenger. I feel as if there's there's an idea that Andre Gomez that everyone likes that we haven't really seen for well, best part of eighteen months, perhaps. Um, and that's not with the injury, you know. It the injury clouds the issue in many ways, doesn't it? Because I think everybody can make that excuse for him if he looks a little bit leggy, if he doesn't look fully fit. It's like, oh yeah, okay. So around a year ago. He had his ankle snapped in half by young min Son. Um, I think it's very, very simplistic and quite lazy to say that now. I think if he's getting adequate game time, which he is, he's a starter for Everton under Carlo Ancelotti when he is fit or deemed fit, then he's, he needs to be held up to the same scrutiny as everybody else. And he's simply lagging behind. And today he was lagging behind and hooked off a team that was substandard anyway. So it shows you how far away he is from the boil right now. I would also be inclined to take him out to the side, slash the squad for the time being. Um, again, I'm not too sure what he's showing in training, but it must be a hell of a lot different to what we see on a match day. Uh, simply because he didn't he didn't look like a Premier League player to me today. He was rightly substituted. And look, I have all the sympathy in the world for him. Um, the injury, everything that goes with it. But I I think we're at a stage with him in particular. We need to stop making excuses now. Um if he's getting picked, then he has to perform, Matt. He has to be in that sort of bracket along with the other midfielders who've done well for us so far this season. And he simply hasn't been. He's been a genuine liability in the derby. We said the same when when we've seen very various points this season. But ask yourself, take the injury out of your mind for a moment and perhaps your feelings towards Andre Gomez as a person and the incredible man that he is. You take that aside and just discuss his football acumen for a minute. And he hasn't played well for Everton for a very, very long time um, in any consistent level. I know people will point out when he came back and that substitute appearance against Arsenal and he was fantastic away from home. You can put that down to pure adrenaline, I think, when you come back like that. We've seen the same when Seamus Coleman made his epic return against Leicester that evening. Um, There are reasons why these things happen. but the That seems to be the exception to the rule, sadly. And the rule seems to be with him that he's not quick enough at all. He's not mobile enough. I don't think his passing game's been great either, to be honest. I'm not sure what he adds to this side other than an extra body and one that we have to carry throughout moments of the game. I feel as if the lack of pace in the side doesn't help him in particular either. I feel as if that type of player in your team works well when he's at the base of a side that can move forward quickly. Today, we didn't have that. Um, we don't really have that unless Richarlison's playing, and perhaps you put Gordon in there, or you know somebody who's quick. Um, Dom playing his central role now isn't isn't that guy anymore that you can rely on to come and collect the ball or drive or make him, make a run from deep. He has to be in the middle now, and that's that's sort of the parameters we have to work within at the moment with Dom. Has to be that central striker. Today, he was he was coming deep and collecting the ball, doing things that we didn't want to see because he has to be the focal point of this attack. Players like Andre Gomez don't fit well with that. Um, he needs legs around him, and at the moment, if you're going to play him, you need somebody to hold his hand. Right now, it's sad. It's sad to say, but I, I think I think today we have to. It's a moment of a reality check. Somewhat here, we've had a euphoric start. Now we're starting to see the Everton. That we know is in there, the sort of the Everton beneath the mask and the facade that we put on that were the top class side so far this season. Um, we might well still be that top class side because we have got that personnel missing. But th- th- there are a lot of players in there that we're still carrying uh, as passengers. And look, we've asked that question a lot this season and we, are these players who will not get in the starting lineup if everybody's fit, adequate enough to come in? Today was an emphatic no. Mm-hmm. yeah i think you you said it Moses, at the start that you, you know, sort of it was a bit of a reminder
1: that, that the last season's Everton isn't that far away in, in that regard And you know, that, that, that is frustrating but i suppose that the manager said it himself didn't it in in the summer that it's going to be evolution not revolution this and we only signed like three bona fide first team players really in the summer and perhaps it's why we've been swept up in the, the, the early weeks of it Maybe Dave's right. So there's a bit of a reality check than what you said there. That you know, the, the, the large portion of this group of players were, you know, key. And Everton finished 12th last season in the Premier League.
0: I think, and in many ways, Andre Gomez is the personification of the struggle um, because he is. He is someone who, as we say, is the margins between him playing well and him being really dreadful are, are far too close um, and flip far too quickly on a weekly basis. And as much as someone like Ancelotti has done him a little bit of a disservice today in terms of asking him to, to do, do the role, which I imagine he was supposed to do in <laughs> getting really close to Lewin. <clears throat> I think what it showed from... From him on a personal level is the total lack of flexibility that he has as a footballer he can't be the one that breaks forward uh, I think we we saw a spell where he tried to replicate what Adssa Ga did for us uh, it, it absolutely didn't work and he, he is unfortunately the the third midfielder and he will always be that and, and we know that he has the capability to be a world class third midfielder but it only really works and you only really get the opportunity to have what is essentially a luxury central midfield position when everything's going well and when this team is playing well and when the the, the desired personnel are there. I do believe that Andre Gomez has a, a, a fit in place in this team and also the ability to replicate what we've seen 18 months ago. The problem is he hasn't developed. If you watch that game today and someone told you that he broke his leg six months ago, and that was his first game back. You'd have absolutely believed them, because the lethargy that is haunting him since coming back from that injury is evident in terms of the decisions that he makes for the penalty today. Uh, I mean, you can it looks soft in real time, but as you say, Matt, they are penalties. Uh, it was a, a total moment of falling asleep and not attacking the ball and letting uh, letting Callum Wilson get across the line of him. It, it's the epith- epiphany of a footballer who is just totally off the pace at the moment to be that on or off the ball, it looks as though everything around him has to work, and all of the cogs have to be in place in order for him to find his role and th- that 's great wh- when you win in four and five two wherever it may be because you 've got people who can take that pressure off you but I think what what upset me about particularly him and and a lot of the other names that we 've mentioned so far is that so much of what we've said this season about this sort of second string has been championing what they've done in Carabao Cup games when they've come on or what someone like Gilfie Sigerson has done in the last 20 minutes and been able to come on and pick a game apart and, and get key balls through and just add that little bit of dynamism which looked like it had been totally lost last season. And within the space of two or three games, those experienced players who were falsely starting to show us the change and, and the development that they've made, they've reverted back to that basic level so, so quickly. And I think it takes, it takes so long to develop these players in order to see the progress that we saw over the, the first six games. But it takes 90 minutes to strip that all away. And I think that the confidence of the fans in, in this sort of second eleven that we've got now and I'm sure the confidence in the dressing room themselves has totally evaporated. and uh, we need to be very careful about what the next month of football is for Everton because hmm. I think the next four games could be defining even at such an early stage in the season, about whether we're aiming at top four or, or merely consolidating twelfth
1: place again. Yeah. I think it yeah, you know, it's use pause so go. I Don't want to single out him all too much because, you know, it was everyone was pretty dreadful today in the main. Um, just before we, we wrap up today, uh, one positive I want to speak about Rob. Uh, Robin Olsen did pretty well in goal, didn't he? made a couple of really good saves, command of his area. Yeah. Um, obviously, the manager said before the game that Jordan Pickard will be back in for the Manchester United match. But having watched that today, I think it would be very harsh on Olsen if he was taken off the side because he didn't really put a foot wrong, did he?
2: No, um, he didn't. I Amongst the kind of the weird things from Carlo before the game in terms of not only naming that starting 11, but I found it curious, like, what, why did he need to come out and say that, you know, he could come out and say that Pickford was going to be rested today because he wanted to give Olsen minutes, which is what he said. But then he went on to say, but, Pickford's definitely going to start for United. Well, I mean, why paint yourself in a corner like that? What's the point of that? I, I don't. I, if I'm the manager, I would have rather retained some flexibility. If if Olson had, you know, if if the, this had turned, if this had been a draw or what have you, uh, based on Olsen's you know, Olson's performance, uh, I, I kind of I think it's kind of harsh. Uh, given the, the recent form of Pickford to necessarily take Olsen out but I guess that's that's the way it's going to be and and we're quickly discovering the manager has some opinions about players and um, I, I think that I, I've begun to learn though with Carlo that you can't we, we make a big deal out of oh man it's such a huge deal that he says all these nice things about Calvert-Loon and he's really building his confidence and those sorts of things I mean, yeah, that's true, but I think the real way he builds up Kyler Luna is by consistently playing him and and consistently making sure that he is put in a good good position to be successful. Um, he says plenty of good things about Anthony Anthony Gordon, but he he doesn't ever play, um, you know. So I I think that I think that um, it's it's curious to me that he feels like he has to come out and and say something like that about Pickford. I mean, I think you have to judge it based on who actually starts next week against United, but he's already said it's gonna be Pickford, so I guess that's who it's gonna be. But no, Olsen was the seven out of ten keeper that I dream of constantly for Everton. There was nothing dramatic about him. He made some key saves. You know, the penalties are always a crapshoot. They they generally don't favor the keeper. Uh the, the, the second goal remind me again, what was the second goal was that Fraser uh, down the left-hand yeah, side it just
1: left hand the, the side? Wilson just was just there. yeah quite fortunate to be honest
2: yeah yeah I mean look Fraser Fraser's just got he's got great pace uh again we got caught on the break and then you're having Yeri Mina try and get back and and it's I don't even know that Mina's out of position he's just not as fast as him and then uh, I think I, I what I couldn't tell is if if Mina's foot got on it and that's the deflection that, a, yeah, that, no, that you know still fell to I mean look the bottom line is, is that you can't blame uh, Olsen for either of those goals. I think, I think that, that he played really well. And, and again, uh, I'm, I think I would summarize everything today for myself and, and I'm just, maybe it's because I'm thinking t- my, too much of my angst space in my brain, you know, in the pie chart of angst in my, in my head, uh, 95% of it right now is on the election on Tuesday. so Maybe <laughs> I just don't have it for Everton. Um, but look, I'm I'm just not I'm not I'm just not really worried. Yes, we've come back down to Earth because of the thing that we talked about would be the biggest risk to to Everton's success, which is once you started losing key players and having to play depth guys, uh you were certainly going to get a much more watered-down product. And guess what? That's what we got today. Um I, I feel strongly that if we have anything close to our best starting eleven. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the starting 11 we've had. I, I, I don't know, like if, like if a whole game comes back or a, um, you know, or, or if other players begin, you know, begin to, you know, begin to show back up again, I mean, that's like Gabama, you know, that's all great. I, I don't know who the starting 11 is at that point, but if we have anything close to the starting 11, we had the first few matches of the season, we have Thomas Rodriguez and we have Bersharleson, uh, who we won't have for United, obviously. Um, I'm just not as worried about this team. Um I think where we have to where we have to kind of point the finger at the manager, as Dave said today, is uh, don't exacerbate your disadvantages by creating your own forced disadvantage uh, with with kind of a a weird experiment, you know, almost, Obviously, too experimental of a lineup, and and look, we, we we go on, we learn from it, and we move forward. It, it's just a long, long season to go. Um, it's good, by the way, that we banked all those points early uh, because it enables us to maybe ride a, a, a you know kind of a poor stretch like this. So uh, let's let's keep. I, I'm trying to keep positive uh, in this and and think that we've got a good chance that Thomas Rodriguez is back. But again, this is a game that just is a huge testament to just how important our best players are, which is such an obvious statement. But I would go a step further and say that we had Richarlison and Dean for a lot of those games last season when we were bad. bat. I think James Rodriguez is so – almost too almost too critical to this thing if if that if that's a way of saying it like he his important is his importance is almost over uh overweighted and that that is either a problem or a great problem to have if you've got him but um that's kind of where we are as a club right now and and uh you know I think that's where we have to kind of build on uh from here and and we move forward but I'm not I'm not that worried if we were getting this performance from our regular starting 11 I'd be a little more concerned but I'm just not ready to start panicking just yet
0: yeah, just, just to go back and touch on how terrible a manager, Carlo Ancelotti, is. Um, <laughs> the, second goal, the second goal is exactly the type of goal that you concede when you take both your fullbacks off and play defensive midfielders there. Um, yes. it, you, you, invite, <laughs> you invite people like Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson to run the channels. As much as it's a piece of poor defending by Yerry Mina and he obviously gets too close. I think the the frustration now looking back at that goal is we managed to nick one later on. And if if you're just a little bit more sensible and pragmatic about how you manage the last fifteen or twenty minutes of the game, then it, it, it seemed as though we were throwing everything recklessly at it. But as we've already said, there was just no plan about it. And if we just manage to keep our heads, have a little bit of composure, maybe make a change up top. You know, bring someone like a Wobie on for one of your eight central midfielders, and just see if you can do things a little bit differently. You give yourself a chance, and, and what we did by making the the decisions that we made today, we totally stripped that chance away. And as much as you, you touched on it then, Rob, about learning from mistakes and the manager learning instrumental things about players, it, it feels as though mid-game, and this has been the case in particular with Alex Awobi, he's able to see what is going wrong during a game and make an effective change to... I mean, someone like Alex Awobi, Ancelotti's dragged him off at half-time, three times since he's been a manager. Getting pulled off, but half-time in a Premier League game is something that most Premier League players would remember for their entire career. The, the, the day I got dragged at half-time, he's had to do this three times in 18 months, and we are still seeing him as a favourable option to someone like Anthony Gordon, who I appreciate is an incredibly raw prospect at the moment. But if you've got a starting eleven, which Everton have, by all accounts now, that is really competitively strong in this league – then what that does is it, it creates opportunity to be a little bit more experimental with your with your second string. It, it's the ideal setup for someone like Anthony Gordon if James Rodriguez isn't available and Richarlison's not there. He is exactly the type of attacking and direct force that you want to bring in. And it, it feels as though the whole football club are just treading water until those lads are back by bringing in people like Awobi and Bernard. And it, it all feels a little bit too damage limitation for what the challenge was today. And I think we, we've kind of laid down at the, at the feet of a team who are, who are really not going to achieve anything this season. And, and that is absolutely no downer on Newcastle United. But Everton should not be going there with fear. And, and I feel like there was, a, there was a tangible sense of that today.
2: Yeah. Uh, that? Mark, the only thing – oh, I'm sorry. The only thing I would add to that, and I want to say this by Anthony Gordon because I think we'd be remiss if we didn't address this because this is what everyone is talking about. Um, I like Anthony Gordon. I think he has clearly got some great raw ability. I feel like this is in some ways becoming an Adam Lookman redux all over again. I, I you know, where there, there's a reason the manager's not playing. I don't know what it is right now, et cetera, et cetera. But I would also argue that let's not, A, I think Gordon's legend grows the more he doesn't play. Uh, that must be nice. Uh, but, but that's, that's, that's part of what we do is we fill in, as Dave alluded to this before, we fill in, uh, you know, a, a value to players who don't play when the others 11 play badly. You know, secondly, I mean, look, <laughs> you're right about Iwobi, but if if I brought Gordon on today, I would have wanted to, if he's not going to start, I'd want him to come in and provide an assist. I mean, Iwobi did that today. I don't think that Gordon was necessarily the answer to all of the problems today, uh, but I would also say, too, that we, if, if your argument is, is that, man, he's looked really good in these League Cup games, and therefore, you know, we've just got to get him into these Premier League games. Like, I, I think, we, I think the, the legend of Nkuku certainly came crashing down to earth a bit, you know, today. And, and I think that there is, there's a big step up, when we're talking about going to Premier League games, too. I'm not saying Gordon doesn't have it in him. I, don't, I personally would like to see him play. But I'm also telling you that, that it's not really about how I feel or how any of us feel. It's about what, the, for whatever reason, the manager not wanting to put him in. But, but the bottom line is, is that it wasn't about the subs, even though those weren't great today. Uh, and they did lead to what Mark talked about at the end uh, in terms of, you know, having midfielders play fullback and so on and so forth. But it was about the starting eleven. Um, it should have been. Bernard Owobi or Gordon, or two of those three playing in the starting eleven, and I think you have maybe a, a, a draw today. Uh, but but I but I think if you're going to simplify a game like this in Everton's circumstances that that we find ourselves in presently, all down to Anthony Gordon not playing, then I think you're you're doing yourself. You, that's intellectually dishonest. So I think that that's an oversimplification of of the issues that Everton currently face.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Uh, Dave, final word to you, Lisa before we wrap up. Uh... Going to be a lot of negativity around again this week. Uh, United at home coming up next. Um, How how are you feeling about it all? Do you want to share what Mark and Rob have alluded to there that still feels like we're on the right
3: track here? Um, I have a little bit more concern, to be honest, than both the lads there. Um, And and that's not in an idiot reaction, but it's simply because we know what we're going to get invariably from these players when they have to come in. We can't simply rely on Hannes Rodriguez to play, what, the the remaining thirty what, two games, 33 games of the season. Um, that that That's just not feasible at all, given the the weight of games that we have in such a quick period of time. Richarlison's similar, although he's an absolute machine. Um, you'd expect him to fulfil the quota of games, given his general fitness levels, without any petulance and red cards like this. Um, look, it's our own fault that we don't have Richarlison. It's our own fault we don't have Luca Dean. Um, from, from that point of view I have very little sympathy with the 7th side right now to be honest because that's out of our own actions um, where, where I think the, the, there is a general concern is look, th- that's the alternative today that's that's Everton's largely B team um, and that B team will be called upon a lot, hopefully not too much but it'll still be called upon nonetheless and whilst that's the case I'll still have concern about it because there were far too many throwbacks to last season in that in that performance and attitude and mentality. Um, that Everton in the, in the two games gone, I think the pretty damning thing to me is the two games that we've had so far uh, where Everton have been top of the league going into the games. We haven't played like a side that's anywhere near the top of the league. We haven't approached the game anywhere near like a side that's top of the league. Southampton and Newcastle. Let's face it, both of those games we've started out like a side that is hoping to pick up three points not with an arrogance and an attitude and an assertiveness about them that says, we're here to take three points mm. and that's what's going to happen here. There hasn't been enough of a swagger about Everton, I've felt, in the, in the two losses that we've had recently when we've been top of the league. That's why it's a reality check and that's why it's a concern for me because until we start realising that we're the side that goes to these places, like we did in the first four games, uh, and, and being the side that's saying, look, we're here to puff our chest out and show you what we're all about... Then, then these these results will continue to happen on a consistent basis and we will be an inconsistent team by that notion. So, yeah, there's more there's more of a concern from my point of view because these players are still going to be relied upon, at least until January. I don't see us doing that much business then. So, you know, something has to change in terms of the manager uh, trying to get something different out of them, maybe starting some of the others. Ellis Sims on the bench there. You know, if if we were so keen on... Uh, experimentation. We'll do it with players that we haven't seen, do it in systems that we haven't seen before. Let's not revert to, well, you know, Fabian Delph and do a job, or we know Gilfie Sigurdsson at his best is still probably not quite good enough. Try some of these lads then, if if that's the case. You can't, you, I, I don't think we're in a position to complain about the standard of football that we're seeing if we refuse to change the personnel in there, and we have the options to do so. I'm not having it that people will be sitting there screaming at the phones or whatever the screen is, the device they've got right now, saying to me, well, his hands were forced. He went, Bernard on the bench, he had a Moby on the bench. These are all players that we'll all scoff at, but there are other options as well, and I just felt today we got what we all knew these players uh, fall short in, and and that was a lacklustre, pretty lifeless, limp performance uh, at a side that we should be putting to the sword. um, And... That's the, the pretty damn verdict I've got of these couple of games uh, as, as a 2 where we we'll be haven't been full strength. So, um, until I see someone different or something a little bit more outside of the box thinking from Carlo Ancelotti when it comes to how we attack these games, then I'm afraid that's what we're going to get. Yeah,
1: disappointing day. Uh, for anyone who's wanting updates on the girls, they've gone to extra time, eight minutes in, still 1-1. So, that's on a knife edge as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, go and watch that now. Uh, give them support. Hopefully they can save the day from an Everton point of view in, in that sense. But cheers <laughs> to those, Rob, and to Dave as well. Uh, thanks very much for tuning on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating, all that kind of thing as well. But uh, yeah, we'll be back again in a week here on the Blue Room, so we'll speak to you then.
0: Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were laying on the horn while driving, let me say it again. Are you a race car driver? Because if you are, you're in the wrong car and you took a wrong turn off the track a while ago. And all those cars you're trying to pass all save money with Progressive Snapshot, while you probably don't. So who's really winning? And if you did hear it the first time, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.